Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here we're starting with week 12, and we're going to be trying the Optimus Boundary Microphone, which is something uh, we want to use this for the discussions that we're going to be doing on later on today, and what we'll do is we'll group up and we'll be able to put the microphone in the center. This is week 12 of using databases in education, and right now we're in the middle of the Henning Project, and the things that we're going to do today is I, I want to discuss a couple things. One happens to be the field trip on December 1st where we're going to be going down to the College Community School District in Cedar Rapids. And Craig Barnum down there has invited us to come on down. I, I talked to him about it. Uh, I also told him we'd take him out to dinner afterwards. So, you know, I mean, it's the least we could do. He said he would do an evening show for us. So if we wanted to get down there at 5 o'clock, do you think you'd be able to make it down to Cedar Rapids? What time could you make it down here, Rob? 415, 430? 430. 430, okay. What, what, that's on a Thursday. That's, it's on a Thursday. Yeah, 415 in Cedar Falls. 415 in Cedar Falls, okay. Cedar Rapids at about 530. 530. 530, yeah, okay. Well, then I'll, I'll tell them about 530, okay? And then um, also I, I was just speaking with Kathy out uh, in Quad Cities, and she says she gets off at 3.30, so she'd be able to make it there, and I haven't talked to Sandra yet. So Sandra and Kathy, if you're listening to this, uh, I will be contacting you, but we're talking about taking a field trip to College Community School District in Cedar Rapids on December 1st. Is that going to fit everyone? Otherwise, you would have been in this class anyway. It's just a matter of starting class a little bit early. Um, and at that time, Craig will, will take us through what they do at their school and the data management that they do. I mean, he could do it online and that sort of thing, but I think we'd get a lot more if he took you around and, and saw you. It'd be really nice if we could do this in, uh, during the day so we could see students, but then again, we'd probably see a lot of intrusions and things like that. So that's what we're going to be doing then. Um, Yaomi's going to start out today by showing off. He didn't get, have an opportunity to show off his work last week. And so he's going to start off by showing us his, uh, his work that he did on his expanded personal database. I'll have those corrected for you next week. And that'll be all set up and everything will be caught up by next week. Knock on wood. Okay. And so are you ready to come up and show us what you have, Yami? Why don't you do that? Okay, let me take my flash drive out. There we go. Stick it on in there and we'll get things started. Now, I, I did notice that there wasn't a great deal of activity on the Henning Project discussion board, such as I was the only one that put anything up there. But I know that that's just part of the process, right? It's part of the process. You all had an opportunity to sit down and try to figure out how you wanted to put that database together. And I'll get this out of your way. And then... No, give, give it a second to be recognized. It'll be coming up. Is that yours? Yes. Okay. And we'll turn off the lights up here in the front so that everyone can appreciate your work.
Okay, you all set? Microphone's right over there. If you want to move it closer to you or if you want to stand over here and bring that down, you can do that. Okay, everybody. Uh, I'm sorry because I couldn't concentrate in my work last week because of Idol Fitri. <laughs> I celebrated my fasting uh, celebration, so today I would like to... Are you trying to say your excuse for not getting your work done was you were eating too much? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the same as the previous personal database, I work with uh, language laboratory. Uh, I make three tables here. The first one is course, the second one is language lab, and the uh, third one is teacher. But the main table here is should be teacher. So I just put about uh, 25 records and 11 uh, fill of this table. The second table is uh, about course and there are about eight, uh, seven fields because uh, I think uh, I just need about these fields. I don't need uh, the rest of this. And the last one is uh, language lab and I just created uh, about five fields and consists of three uh, records because I just need about this. The second one is uh, curious. Okay, I would like to go back. The question that I would like to ask uh, in this table uh, is about how many teachers are teaching in the course. And uh, what class is taught by uh, a teacher in what level or in uh, what kind of facility? and including about the uh, capacity of the room. And the last one, how much uh, should be paid? The student, if the students come to the elementary one or intermediate or advanced level, how much money should be paid? So those questions should be answered in the uh, following queries. Queries one, uh, I just created about five tables, first name, last name, course, course name and level. I just, uh, sorry, I forget about the relationship, right? I have to go back because uh, this is the relationship between three tables. Teacher's table, 
Constable and Language Laboratory. So the first table is about teachers' technical skill should be related to the subject and the course. So what, what is the field subject in the teachers in the teachers table as well? Yes, because uh, the technical skill of the teacher uh, is dealing with the subject. So you simply renamed it in that table. And that, but that was a connection you made. Yes. It has the same content. The same content, but different. Really different names. Yes. Okay. And also, uh, in the part of course, the content is the same, but the name is dif are different. Right. <coughs> About the forms, and no queries. So as I said that, I just created like uh, five tables to answer that question. Uh, who is teaching in Arabic and in Lanjutan level? What level so is that? The level is Lanjutan. Yeah, but in English? In English, it's the same as intermediate. I see. So these are the teachers who are teaching in Arabic course, especially in the level of Lanjutan. So I sort this table based on the, yeah. I sort as ascending and then I make criteria only the Arabic uh, class <coughs> and the level of Lanjutan that I want to show. The second query is about English, English course. So the first one is uh, Arabic course and the second one is English course. Yeah, basically Arabic and English are the same, but I make special criteria for the intermediate level. And I sort based on the room number. The last one is query three about the tuition. So I named this query is uh, tuition query, query. So to answer about uh, how much should be the students, should be paid by the students for the level of dasar, dasar one, dasar two, or basic one, basic two, or the same as elementary one or elementary two, intermediate, uh, advanced level, both in Arabic and English. So I put here count of the cost and sum of the course. So there are 10 students who paid uh, in Dasar one level. So the amount of the tuition is 2000 so it means that one student should pay like 200
<coughs> so is that a calculated field? Yes. The calculate field. <coughs> there is count field and there is sum field. And then the next one is firmed. I can see I, I divided the uh, firm into parts. The first one is course and the second one is teacher. And the course one, so this is the building that I ask my dean to send <laughs> to send this building, the picture of this building. So this is the building that I worked with at the time before I came here. This is language center. So this is uh, English. So in the, in the third uh, floor is English. The second floor is Arabic and the first floor is office. So in this side is laboratory, both for English and for Arabic. In this form, <coughs> um, I saw this form based on the each each course. Uh, I saw based on the number of the the amount of the students. So. In Arabic level, for example, there are 15 students in English level, subject of writing, uh, sorry, in Eng English course, subject, subject of writing, and intermediate level, and the course is 300. The facility is audiovisual, and the capacity of the room is 25 students. So the second sorry Arabic English so all all level of Arabic and English I put in this firm The second level the second firm is at about teacher so, if you want to find the who teaches grammar in the elementary two or elementary one or intermediate, so it can be clearly seen. And what time uh, the course is offered, what day, and in what uh, number of room, because there are three rooms. In this lab, the first one is uh, audio, and the second one audiovisual, and the third one is multimedia. The last one is report. I also make uh, three reports. I name Arabic report, English report, and tuition report. Here, so, 
I count, I just count about the number of the teacher right here. I don't know, you see. I, I get, I got confused how to count the number of the teacher, but uh, here, based on the number, I classified based on the first name. If there are two first names, Right here, for, exa for example, Idham actually only one person, but he is teaching two classes in Arabic in Lanjutan level. So if I count how many teachers right here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, only seven. Eight, nine, yeah, nine. But three of them are teaching in two classes. The same of this report, English report. Also, I made like that. So how many teachers are there in, how many teachers are teaching English? So I can count right here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. But all of the teachers are teaching two classes. Abdul Moiz Hasbula are teaching two classes in English, in the level of intermediate. The last one is about tuition. I just put the average amount right here to make me easy to divide so one student in the level of elementary one should pay uh, like 200 because the average of the, the average amount of the money is 2,000. 2,000 divided by 10 means 100, 200. But you have 2,000. Yes. I just put the average right here. Actually, I need to pay the total, but I don't know how to, how to put it. <laughs> it's better for me to put the, the whole amount. But, uh, but it doesn't really mean the yes, average. Yes. Okay. So that's why I come to the average to indicate the uh, one students. Yeah, actually the same the same amount. <laughs> Sorry so there's a about computation that. there that's missing. Yes. Okay. So, any suggestion for this table queries from and reports? On your report, can you go back to your reports, please? Now, when you clicked on English, click on English if you would. Why does that input screen come up? I don't know. I I need to enter the parameter value. Now, you have Arabic and English. Are there any other languages? No. 
Just Arabic. Just language. Arabic and English. Could you type Arabic in this one right here? Probably it okay. works. It works. And are those Arabic teachers? No, English. They're English teachers. Yes. I don't know why it it happens. Okay. Well, that's good. Any other comments or, or questions or? I think that comes up because of the relationships. I think you guys have going on in relationships, right? The relationship. Yeah. Well, good job. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much, Yami. Thank you. Okay, now, uh, one of the things that it says on our, here we go, on our um, syllabus, it was talking about us discussing data, chapter six. And I think it might have gotten lost last week um, because we, we're getting into the Henning project and that sort of thing. How many people read chapter six? Okay. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Rob, Rob, Rob read it. Rob, he, Sorry. I, I wish I had a gold star. No, I, just, I have study hall and I, I have to read during that time. Okay. You have to read. And so I what you to, do? Yeah, that's one of the policies. You're supposed to read during study hall. So you're supposed to you're supposed to read to be a good impression on the students, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, well, chapter six. This is what I'd like like to do, and that is that um, I have you have a printout of the presentation I'm going to do tonight. I'm just going to review some of the things because uh, it will correlate with some of the Henning stuff that we're going to be doing. Because, And I'm, I'm just amazed at how well all this stuff is fitting together. <laughs> Actually, it was all part of the plan. I want you to all know that, that all this was, was complete, meticulously planned out. But it's very interesting since this is the first time I've taught this class and, and everything is just falling right into place, which I, I think is, is going pretty well. Well, one of the things I wanted to talk about in the first part of chapter six, and even if you haven't read it, you might want to open it up, or you don't have to, because I'll be covering. I'm covering this stuff out out of the book, and um, it basically it's talking about the different kinds of tests and things like that, that that the students would be taking and they'd be analyzing. And then what I'd like to do is I'd like to talk about chapter six again next week, and so I'd like you to review it because there's additional work and and, and information in there about how to actually analyze it. And I think it fits very nicely into the work that we're doing on the Henning project. So here's the key. Question is that when um, our, our question about why do we assess and things like that, that's all a matter of trying to figure out if we've succeeded. We're, you know, the whole idea of being a teacher and the whole idea of having students in schools is to get results. You know, we want to take a look at improving student learning and we want to see if we're doing it right. You know, a lot of teachers, and in fact a lot of people, say, I don't want to have to evaluate what I'm doing. What if I do it wrong? The problem is that if you don't have some sort of evaluation, you can't pat yourself on the back when you're doing it right. Now that's, that's basic, that's completely from a teacher's standpoint. From a student's standpoint, it's the same thing. From a student's standpoint, they need to have feedback on how well they're doing. They need to know as to how well things are, are moving along. And there's a lot of different types of tests that we use in instruments. Uh, there's the teacher-created tests that people make all the time and are, are used in classes. And some of those are really good indicators and some may not be. And some may be different than the, you know, the, the type of test that, that we, we usually think of. But they, it is developed in such a way that it does indeed indicate whether the students know it or not. 
I mean, it may not be a paper and pencil test. It may be a to-do test, or it may be, you know, um, express yourself test. I mean, these sorts of things, they're, they're merely means of an assessment. But then there's also the state-mandated standardized test. Now, these are the ones that most, most educators cross their fingers like this and say, no, no, get away. But it is, with No Child Left Behind, it is indeed a reality. And it's something that is, is being dealt with. Um, it is, it's a big part of our education right now. And it's some, you know, there are pluses and minuses to it. We'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, then we, there are things like anecdotal records. Anybody here ever use anecdotal records for anything? What's an anecdotal record? Anyone know? Rob, you know what an anecdotal record is? Yeah, honestly, no. An anecdote, anybody? Andy? Just jotting analytical notes. An an anecdotal just means, boy, today Johnny did a really good job today. I'm glad that he did so well. It's like a teacher journal. Yeah, it's a teacher journal, yeah, right? Okay. Teacher that's journal. A, that's that's a technical a, term. That's just a technical term, anecdotal record, you know, in a teacher journal or whatever you want. But it's it is one way in which you have some sort of documentation. You see it uh, pardon? You see it a lot with reading and guided reading small group. Guide, yeah, exactly. Guided reading small groups. I mean, the thing is that when when I was talking about that other kind of of testing, you know, it, it's it's observation, it's assessment. And remember, assessment is, is gathering the information, evaluation is trying to figure out what it means. And so you may be gathering the, the information in anecdotal records. Now why do we measure learning? I mean, these are all things you could come up with. Uh, basically, we're trying to see if the students are, are uh, whether they know particular skills or knowledge, whether they're uh, achieving a specific level of proficiency or competence or mastery of the information. Um, what kind of effect are our instructional strategies having on, on their ability to do this? Are there ways that we can improve the strategies? Do we try something out and then see how they're doing? You know, that's it's an ongoing uh, reiterative process. Uh, how do we classify the students in instructional groups? I mean, that's something where we're trying to figure out where they are so we can best address their needs. And we once they've gone through the process, have they finished it? Do they know everything they're supposed to know? Are they ready to graduate? And then finally, if the school processes are achieving the intended result. Now, since the intended result in education, or one of the intended results is graduation, that's the key. I mean, if the students are able to pass that test, then what they're doing may very well be meeting the results. Now, of course, that depends on, on what the test is, and it's all a matter, it, it's all indicated as to how this is set up and whether that the test itself is a valid uh, indicator of whether the school processes are achieving their intended results. These are just a few. Can you think of any other reasons that we measure learning? You think we cover the gamut there? It, it kind of falls on that high context. The, the math always measures, always measures to improve on the appropriate classmates in high school. That's kind of the same thing. So whether they need to be moved to the appropriate class, okay? Any other reasons that we, we test and, and measure learning? Because we have to. Aha, there's one, because we're supposed to. That's that level one of, of data collection in, in classes, isn't it? We're supposed to measure that sort of thing. And then we were supposed to be able to do something with it. Well, that's, that's something. Of course, the reason we're supposed to is we're supposed to be able to use that to address all of these needs. Are there any other reasons? 
I can't think of any. I'm just seeing if you guys have any. Okay, so there, there's, there's a lot of things that we do. Now, when it comes around to measuring student learning, big one is standardized tests. A standardized test does not mean that it has to be the ITBS. A standardized test is something where it's uniform in content and the way that it's administered and the way that it's scored. Now, you've got science tests that are, are standardized, right, Rob? Um, to a certain degree, you said that it's the same test in different classes? Yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, that you have multiple science. I thought you said at one time that you had multiple science teachers and oh, at yeah. different parts in the that semester they have to give the same test. It was a previous school. So okay. What you did was 50% of your test had to come from your own creation of it. We thought the kids could be assessed it on. And the other part was questions that you got from a word question bank that was standardized. So. Oh, okay. And so by creating a, a test, I had 50% of what I could go and compare to other eighth grade teachers. Okay. And but the the test that you gave was not always the same. I mean, if, no, if, you, no. if you took it from the question bank, you may be giving different questions, different questions than other teachers. Yeah. Okay. It was more standardized. More standardized than your other 50% that you could put together yourself, right? Um, do you think that it was standardized enough to say that, to be able to compare what's happening in the different classrooms as to who's, who's doing a good job of teaching and who's not? Or which students are learning and which ones aren't? Probably not. Why? We also compared Iowa test basic skills and the CSAP test. Right. So it was just another part of the big picture. Okay. Has anyone else here ever seen standardized tests that are not the you know the, the Iowa test of basic skills or, or the ITES or anything? Anyone have you have you ever taken class tests that weren't those? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've seen it before. Waterloo has a specific like reading tests that everyone that they've generated that every you know second grade classroom has to take so that they can. Based on how on how well yeah. the second graders have passed this test, but it's one that was that was generated in the uh, yeah, the, the district. Same, yeah, it's the same one for every classroom. I mean, okay. Now there's different things, different terminology I want to look at. Well, I want to talk about norm referenced, criterion referenced, and diagnostic tests. Excuse and me. yes, can you go back to uniform content? Okay. Uh, what about if we have uh, different textbooks that we use or different sources that we're going to use, for example? Should we have a uniform in content? Well, it depends. Once again, why, why are you giving them a test? You're, you're asking, should, if you're using different textbooks, do you need to have tests that have the same uniform, that you're uniform in content? Why do you have a test? I'm at, that, that's a question. That's not okay. I'm asking the question. Why do you have the test? Uh, to know about the ability of the students. Okay, and then if we're looking at something that's standardized, that means that it's it's, it's similar in different situations. Um, it needs to have the same the same test needs to be given. Now the question is. Can you use different 
um, books and different methods to teach so that test can be the same test can be given. Do you think you can? Yep. Uh, probably I can because I remember about uh, national standard that we, we use in my country. In we, Indonesia? Yes. Uh -huh. we, don't, we don't have a, a state standard and district standard. Mm -hmm. So, for example, the book that the people in western part of Indonesia use mm -hmm. for teaching, and the people in eastern part of uh, Indonesia are different. But when they attend the national standard standardized test, uh -huh. the content of the tests are the same. So they use different the, books, but the content is the yes. same. Okay, yes. that's the problem. So, is, but is that okay? Yeah. Um, in reality, based on the data, most of the students who never use that book, they they don't understand about how to answer the questions. Okay. Now, this brings up a very interesting question, and that is that when we're doing education, are we and we're selecting what needs what people need to learn, are we basing it upon a book? Or are we basing it upon a set of outcomes that we expect from our students? What do we think? I'm opening this up. Callie, you haven't spoken yet? Yeah, you knew I, I was going to get you. Okay. So, what, what do you think? I think it should be outcomes. It should be based on outcomes? Well, and your outcomes can come from, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because <clears throat> well, <laughs> what? You could be right, or you could be wrong. Either way, it's okay. We're, we're, we're voicing our ideas. I don't know. I just I think having an outcome gives me a direction of where I want to go and what I want to be teaching students, so I can know what I want to get out of the Okay, so you, 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 you think that you need to have outcomes and then you select the materials to, based upon that to get the outcomes you want. If you're talking about standardized tests, I think it should be, I mean, if you're doing standardized tests like in a, a district, it should be kind of a uniform because then there's no room for variability and it would be a more valid test. Okay. Results. Okay, anyone else want to add to that or build upon what she said? I never use a book. You don't use a book? Yeah. Okay, why not? Because uh, a book limits what you do. Limits, sometimes limits the way you teach it, the way you, what type of student you affect by. So how do you know what to teach? I mean, if you don't have a book there that tells you what to do day by day, what are you going to do? You sit down and write your curriculum. Oh, so, so you write your own curriculum based well, upon what? Standards. Yeah. So you sit down your standards and you think to yourself, well, how am I going to be able to teach this so that most of my students learn the information and how many different ways can I teach it? So I have a lab section, a hands-on section, I have a, um, an activity, a project for them to do, I have lecture, I have all kinds of different ways of teaching. 
So you've got outcomes and then you identify the materials you want to use to achieve those outcomes on an individualized basis. Yeah, depending on me or depending on what my student needs. Okay. And what, what, what's, been, what's been your experience, Andy? As far as? As far as? The role of textbooks or? The role of textbooks, outcomes, teaching, all the things we've been talking about for the last five minutes. <laughs> See if we can pull something together. I know I, you can. <laughs> so it's interesting uh, comment from Robert. Yeah, yeah, Yami's gonna save you. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, no. So what is it, Yami? Uh, <clears throat> what is the reason so that you don't want to use the textbook, for example? I mean, it's. It's not that I don't want to use the textbook, mine just really stinks. <laughs> and most of the time, I mean, uh, textbooks are usually, what, four or five years old by the time they're published, and then usually they're, the average is four or five years old in your classroom. So I'm now teaching with information that was, what, eight ten years nine, old. Ten years yeah. old. And so, I mean, <laughs> I've only been teaching for eight years, so now my textbook's not even outdated me. Sounds to me like you were listening to that Apple presentation exactly. the other day. <laughs> and so, I mean, when I when I sit down, I, I look at the textbook, and the textbook can help me, and then I use it. But if it's not going to help me, if I don't think it's being productive, I don't use it. I take our textbook out, and I show it to the kids the first day, and I take it put back in the closet. and say that'll be the only time you'll see the textbook, because it, it's no good. And plus, I mean, if you want to kill a kid faster, you know, his brain, shut it off as fast as you can, have them start doing a bunch of questions out of a textbook as soon as they walk in the class. They're done. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So, is that different than in your country? Um, yeah, <laughs> because uh, <laughs> it is a problem. Most of the textbook that they make, uh, not because of the expectation of the students. I mean that when we implement. Uh, the curriculum based on the textbook, sometimes it's difficult for the students to understand. Mm -hmm. Because uh, probably when they made the textbook, they didn't come to the students and analyze what, what kind of needs of the students so that they, they can make the books based on the needs of the students. Right. And so that was a problem? That's the problem. And so we've got a basis where we've got a system where you're putting the textbooks in front, I mean, your system puts the textbooks in front of the needs of the student. Or they, they have textbooks that they are, are well designed and they've been designed to meet needs, but then you've got a test that doesn't necessarily align with the book. So the key is that you, we talk about what are the outcomes. The out, and then what you do is you use the textbooks. Or you use the magazines or newspapers or resources on the web or whatever resources you have. I tell you, if you could teach students how to, their multiplication tables by having them stand in the corner and whistle Dixie, that's okay. And that's what educational freedom, that's academic freedom. You've all heard of the term academic freedom? Academic freedom is, uh, you know, it's not saying I can teach anything I want. Academic freedom is we have outcomes that are necessary that, are, that when students go through a class, there's certain things that are expected. Now, of course, this, this depends on whether it's you know, an experimental class where somebody's trying something new or 
when students finish math one, these are the outcomes that they're expecting. And how that's achieved, you know, that's your, that's your academic freedom. And if you come up with other ways in which you want to teach it, more power to you. But that's what they're trying to do. Because the problem is that if, when you have articulated curriculum throughout the school, and you have math one and math two, and I'm just using these terms because they're, they're sequential and very simple. But if you have math one and math two and math three, when I get students in math two, I want to know that they've been able to do at least the things that are in math one. Obviously, they're not going to be. But I need to know where they've been so I can know where I can take them. And that's why you have the outcomes. That, that's articulation. Does anybody else want to discuss anything on that or make any points? I think it would be very, very few teachers in the world if, if they were told to teach this way, this only way. I mean, that's the enjoyable part of teaching. Is but what about having the outcomes? I mean, is it okay for them to have outcomes of and course, standards? Yeah. Okay. Even if not, you have teachers with loose cannon down the hallway who's just teaching them whatever they want to teach. And, and they're out there. <laughs> and they're still out there, and they're still trying to tie you to standards. But I mean, that's I, I taught when I taught out of state in Colorado. They were they their curriculum was very strict. It was you taught this way. Here's the textbook, and it just kind of just kind of burned me out. Wasn't a lot of fun. No, and and then. The other problem is, is then if you are the teacher who, who, who teaches differently, and you have a group of teachers who are all the textbook teachers, then then you're the bad guy because you're the fun guy. All the kids, you know, though they like your class, but I must be doing something wrong in mine, and then they. Then then you're the one that they, they pound upon. Well, yeah, and that's that's how I, that's the reason I like teaching with the people I teach with now because we're a good mix of all kinds, you know. Good. Okay, so. Let's take a look at standardized tests because one of the things you're going to be analyzing, so, so there's lots of different things to consider when you're looking at, at assessing student outcomes. Now, when we're taking a look at data-driven decision-making, what we do is one of, the, one of the things that comes in there is student, or student achievement, isn't it? And that's one of those four measures that, that we talk about, is student achievement and how that fits with school processes and demographics and what's the other one? Perceptions. Huh? Perceptions. Very good. Thank you. Okay. And so that's the whole idea. So <laughs> the, um, the the student learning, the standardized tests basically come in norm reference, criterion reference, and diagnostic. Now this is not by any means a statistics class or anything like that. Norm reference does not mean it was spoken about on Cheers. That, that's a bad joke, but anyway, okay. <laughs> but everybody got it, though. You, you know Cheers? You know the movie or the, the TV show Cheers? No. Okay, TV show Cheers <laughs> takes place in Boston, or is supposed to take place in Boston, and there's it, it's in a bar, and the bar is called Cheers, and there's this guy at the end, and his name is Norm. So Norm, refer get it? Okay, that's that's the joke. I thought okay. you were gonna yell, so I started plugging my ears. Why would I yell? Well, like in yeah, like in the TV show, whenever when they walks it. Oh, they all go, hey, Norm! Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay, well. I was just, I was preparing myself I actually, mentally. I actually, I actually went to that bar when I was back in Boston, and it turns out that the only part of the bar that's really part of the bar is the, the stairs. And, and the TV shot, the only, the only part that's really the bar is the, the, the street and down the stairs. All the rest of it's in Hollywood. So, um, anyway, so here we talk about 
a curve. You've all heard of grading to the curve. And the idea is that whenever you do something, you've got the people that are really good at it, and you've got the people that are really bad at it, and then you've got the majority of the people in the middle. And we talk about having, you know, this, this is the average, and you talk about standard deviations on either side, and that we, we end up with um, one standard deviation, two standard deviations, three standard deviations, and when they, they come up with um, tests, with a norm reference, what they'll do is they'll give this test to a number of people and see how they, how they they'll, they'll create a curve like this. And that's how they would work out their testing. Now, when you have teachers, has, have you ever had a teacher that graded on the curve? <laughs> yeah. And what, was, what did that mean? That meant that it was guaranteed the same number of Fs for the same number of As. Right, that's what it means when you grade on a curve. When you grade on a curve, you know, it isn't something where you can say that 90% and above is an A. What it's saying is that I'm going to have, four, you know, out of 30 students, I'm going to have four A's, I'm going to have four F's, I'm going to have eight B's, I'm going to have eight D's, and all the rest are going to be C's. And that's how they break it down. Now, I don't know about you, but could you imagine taking a test and having everybody in the class getting a 90% or above, and the people who got the 90% got F's? I, I'd have a real problem with that. But that's what they're talking about when they talk about the norm curve. But that, you know, that's, that's a little bit different. What they're doing here is they're saying, let's give this test to everybody, and then let's see how, how it works. Now, in some cases, they'll find that this, this number is either skewed to the left or skewed to the right. It's never perfect. But it'll be skewed one way or the other. It turns out that uh, what they can do is they can use this type of system to analyze the test as well as each of the questions to find out how well they did. And you may find that some questions are too easy, some questions are too hard, poorly worded. This whole thing is, is what we talk about when we talk about norm referenced. And it, it's standardized, and like I said, the, the whole idea is that they go out, they take a, a representative group of people, and this becomes the norming group. You know, they're, they're, and, and what they do is they, they do this test, and then after they've given them this test, they then say, okay, this is the way it's gonna break out, these are the scores, and this is how we test things out. This is like a focus group. And then they take it out, and they give it to other people, and they base it upon this. And your SAT, your ACT, all of these have been normed. Because they've, they've given them to test, and then over the years, they continually redo that to see how, how the tests are coming out. And I, I guess they're, they're not saying... With the, not with the SAT. There was a standard norming that was static right. throughout. The ACT moves yearly. No, but I'm, I'm saying I'm not saying that on a yearly basis, but the SAT is one that was normed and then periodically they renorm it. Yeah, I think like it's set, yeah. You know, yeah. five, seven years or yeah, something like not, that. They yeah, renorm it. fluid like the ACT. Now, I didn't like know that the, that the ACT was fluid. What does yeah, that mean? Yeah, it moves throughout. So the norming curve is set by through, throughout each year. The results really? of the previous test set the, the norm. I huh. Because it's different from the SAT, which there's a static norm right. for a certain period of time. With the ACT, I'm pretty sure they try and move okay. it based upon previous. That's interesting. I didn't know that. We'll have to, the ACT was actually started here in Iowa City. It's they, an Iowan intervention. And they revamp the ACT, what, every three or four years? They yeah, I mean, they really, yeah. yeah. There's turnover in the ACT and not as much with the SAT. Right, okay. So so that that's something that happens is that we, we this is a norm thing. Now... 
Um, the way um, they, these are the way that they do the scales. Now, actually, did I I passed this out to you, right? Okay. And you'll notice that some of these these letters are on here. Some of these acronyms. Some of these TLAs. You know what a TLA is? A three-letter acronym. Ha ha. See, usually. Anyway, so we start out with the national percentile scales. Okay, I just want to make sure you guys are paying attention. You know, and if I'm not hearing any groaning, then I know that you're not paying attention. <laughs> you gotta groan just once in a while, right? Just. <laughs> oh God, I pay money to come to this class. Imagine that. Okay, we talk about percentiles. Percentiles are set up in such a way where the idea is that if you had a hundred people, the and, and you had scores on on the tests. The middle person would be getting a 50. Okay? And the top person would be getting 99, and the bottom person would be getting a 1. Now, how is this calculated? There's actually a calculation system, and I must admit, I don't know how, how what the algorithm is or anything like that. I called a couple um, of my friends who are st statisticians, and they said, Well, it's been so long since I did it by hand, I, I really couldn't explain it to you, but. The process is, the idea is that when you have 99 at the top, 1 at the bottom, 50th percentile is the mean. And so when we take a, um, and then what happens is that the, the next, you know, the 51st, 52nd percentile, 53rd, that, that has nothing to do with percentage. And that's a big problem that people have. They get mixed up with percentage and percentile. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It's merely, it's an ordered interval. And you may find that if, if somebody gives you a test and it's a 200 point test and the average was actually an 87 and you had just as many people who got below 87 as you had above 87, 50, the 50th percentile would be 87. And then the way it breaks down up, going up and coming down is going to be unequal because you notice that isn't half, right? And so what you're going to end up with is, is when you talk about these numbers, and sometimes people make big mistakes. These are not numbers you can add and subtract and do all and multiply and divide. You can't do that to these because all we're talking about is intervals. Can, now, can you average NPRs together then? No, you really can't average them either. Because they're what if they're, what they're if not they're, quantities. Yeah, they're derived scores. But what if they're what if you're comparing NPRs of multiple students? So let's say, I, go ahead. You know what I'm saying? Like in our project, if we want to, we want to analyze the NPR of multi, of students, and we want to find the average NPR of the group, mm -hmm. we'd have to use the exact same NPR score from one category. Mm -hmm. We couldn't be able to. That's a good point. And then how do they find the, the? How do they find the core? And how do they find the composite then? Well, see that that's because they have the actual data. The actual test result on items. I see. The percentile doesn't represent. The percentile is not used to, to make that individual no. items. Are used. It's the actual individual items that create that. Because yeah, it's the scores that, that they're going to be using that with. Okay. And then what they do is they take the score and they use that to, and they to identify the percentile. Yeah. Because because what I see is, is I see like the national percentage ranking, the average for my school. Right. And that would be okay. What they're, well, what they're going to do is they're going to take the scores, the raw scores, like what Annie was pointing out. They're going to take the raw scores, they're going to do the calculations on the raw scores, and then they're going to take a look and see how that transfers over into the percentiles. Okay. 
Now, so if I took all the NPR scores in math and I added those all together, found an average of those, that might be different than the actual of the overall average or that they would give. Yeah. You. What, what I, well, I mean, if you did it with the scores, you could do it. I wouldn't do the, the NPRs. If you took all the scores and put them together, and then you figured out what the average was, and then you went over and looked at the NPR. That's funny, because that's how we present, that's how we're presented things. Yeah. Okay. In district, we're saying, well, the average NPR of our students is. Well, you might actually get that, though. ITBS actually does break it down based upon your score. They'll set a norming curve for your score, based because they have access to the raw data. No, but I'm not talking about somebody that's information well, from ITBS. It's information oh. presented by someone. Else. But what I'm what I'm saying is, if they took the if they took the NPRs and averaged them, that'd be a problem. Uh, yeah. But if they take the score and average it, and then puts it into the and then then does the translation into NPR, yeah. then would be okay. Then it's okay. Right, I got you. It, it's important, and, and these are tricky. And, and I'm not a statistician. I've I've had a few classes in statistics, and even passed one or two of them. But uh, <laughs> I had one class that wasn't so good, actually. Okay, but but um, the thing is that you need to pay attention to what type of numbers these are. So that's the NPR. And if you take a look on on the um, the Henning Project's paper, you'll see NPR, National Percentile Rating. So if you had to explain NPR to a parent, what would you say? What best way to say is you say, Johnny just, or I'll use someone else, Juanita. Well, I mean, I'm always using Johnny, you know, and that's that white Anglo-Saxon, you know, I, I got to come up with something, you know. Uh, <laughs> Mohammed uh, actually was, was using, uh, got, got a, a 56 percentile. He's in the 56 percentile. And the way that I would explain that to, to a t parent, if I had 100 kids in a class, 55 of them would be below Mohammed. And 45 would be above Mohammed. Muhammad would be right here. So that means in, in 50, 50th percentile would be average. So Muhammad is a little bit above average. Now you can't say he's six percentile points. I mean, you, 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 it's better just to say something like he's a little bit above average. You know, and, and when you have um, Ebon who got a 57th percentile, you know, that, that just means that they're, they're pretty close. But I don't think that you want to do statistical analysis on those numbers. So is it, in theory, is there that one student who's out there at 100%? Well, 99 is about as high as they go. <laughs> and I think because they, they just wanted to keep it in two digits. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there are people who took the ACT or uh, anybody here get a... I know. I have two friends that actually got a perfect on one on the ACT and one on the SAT. Okay, so they got a perfect score. Perfect score. It's unbelievable. I knew two kids I knew that did that. Well, you know, I, I, my, my son Jeff went to school with a kid who went out and he took the SAT, and when he left, he found a mistake on the SAT. <laughs> and so what he did was he wrote it up and he sent it in, and they said, you're right! <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh. Okay, now, I'm, so, yes? I'm thinking, how do they give the score? I mean that, uh, do they just classifying the average, the lower and the upper, below the average and the up, the average. You mean, how, how do they do the, the NPR, NP? Or if, if they uh, convert into the A, uh, the score A, B, or C, 
this has nothing to do with, with A, B, or C. Actually, 50 percentile is average. And so technically, the 50th percentile would be a C, if we consider C being an average. But this has nothing to do with grades. All it has to do with is relational position in the grading based upon the norm. Okay? So it's not percentage, it's percentile. If this, this data happened into the classroom, for example, how can they give the grade? There's no grade. This, this, is, this, is, this is the one where we're trying to figure out, like right here, when you take the ITBS, you'll notice that it's right here. And what this is doing is it's saying, well, let's take a look at the first student. Student number one is in the 56th percentile in vocabulary and the 19th percentile in content area reading. Now who wants to, who wants to decode that? What does that mean? Or actually, Yami, tell me what that means. You see the NPR and it says 56? 56, yes. Okay, so what does that mean? It means that uh, there are 56 students who the score of vocabulary, I think. Yeah, it's 56 percentile. There are 32 students. No, 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 no. I don't want you to go anywhere except that 56. If we're calling that a percentile, what does that mean? It is the average score of the students. 50, no, what, what, if it were 50, then that person would be average. That means average. half of the people would be above the person and half would be below the person. And I just realized why, why they, they only goes up to 99. Because that's an odd number of, of, of numbers, which means 50 actually is in the middle. Hey, pretty good, huh? Pretty okay, good. not bad. A little bit good. of deductive reasoning here, okay? Or maybe it was inductive. I don't know. Anyway, so but so what happens is that when somebody's at 56, does that mean they're above or below the average? Above. Okay, a little bit or a lot? A little bit. Right, just a little bit, because only six points or six percentiles above the middle. Now, what about this person's reading comprehension? What's the number for the reading comprehension? Or content area reading, I'm sorry. Second column. There's 56, the next one over. Remember, this is one student. Okay. What did they get in content area reading? Below the average. Yeah, but what, what's the number? 19. 19. Now, is that way below or a little bit below or what? Uh, it's very far from the average. Right, it's way down there, isn't it? There's 18 people below and 80 people above. So that, that's, that, that person's hurting in that, and that person needs some real serious work on that. And so that's how you can, you can take a look at the NPRs throughout. Any questions on that? I still have a question about the grade because I there's no grade. Yes, that's I'm I'm going to ask you about because we we talk we are talking about uh, 
how do we measure the success? Mm -hmm. So looking at this grade, what grade uh, should we say these these students are successful? Okay, well, interesting question. Now, if you remember, um, Doug Henning, or not Doug Henning, <laughs> Dr. Henning, Doug Henning is a magician, but Dr. Henning talked about 40th percentile and 80th percentile. And anyone who got below the 40th percentile was hurt, was in problems. Anybody above 80th percentile was doing quite well. And so remember, this is the kind of testing that would be a, a standardized test that the state or the country gives, and you know, it's, it's much bigger. It's not the kind of day-to-day -day grades you're gonna get. So that's why they don't do the A or B. The next question should be asked is, what about the highest score is uh, only 60? No student who can get that 99, for example. Well, it doesn't have to do with numbers. What we're saying is that the way the percentile is set up, and there's a way of calculating it. So to measure the, the success of the students, how can we? Because we're talking about, it's not the score, it's their ranking. So if you were to take, and I actually started doing this box, trying to show that, but then I found out I was a little wrong in the way I was doing it, so I, I threw it out. But if you were to take all of your, all of your scores, and rank them from top to bottom. The middle one is going to be your median. You know what a median is? What's that? The middle. So right. But, it, but, it, but it's not an average. Yes. What it means is that you take the top one and the bottom one and the next one and the next one and the next one until you get to the very middle. Now, you can do that with a 60-point quiz, right? You can do that with a 400-point quiz. But what it's going to do is the people that are at the very top, which could be getting a 60 on that test, would be in the 99th percentile. So it, it's something that is, is um, translated over into this. Do you see how that works? Yes. Okay. Now, the next one is the normal curve equivalent scores. And the NCE, I think we've got an NCE on here, don't we? Nope, I'm sorry, I thought we had one on there. Okay, now what this does is this takes the percentiles and puts them into um, an equal, I mean this gives you numbers you can play with. What it does, you know, I'm not going to go into how it does it, but it uses these standard deviations, it's like a 24.7 standard deviation system that it uses, and it makes it so these become e equal intervals. And so it actually it has a mean of 50, and it actually is set up so that um, you can use this. These would be the numbers you would calculate. I mean, if you want to go around and you want to take a look at percentiles, that you translate them into the normal curve equivalent scores, and then that, those, these would be the numbers you could play with, not these. I'm, it doesn't sound like your statistician does that, but it's a matter of no, knowing it's what... Just, it's just not, it's, it's not consistent. Sometimes we see two different numbers. Uh -huh. we, see, we see the, the average NPR, and then you, when you sit down and you start looking at these ITBS scores, you realize that those two numbers don't jive together. Okay. Like when I average. Well, now, now, now you've got all these questioning things in your mind, and you can go back and you can start asking them questions about what it means. 
and hopefully you won't be the one that everybody's going to pound on just like over there in Colorado, right? Yeah. Now, when they talk about 50, they're saying that um, that's the expected growth over, over a year. In other words, that, that's the kind of improvement they hope to see. Um, now, we talk about grade level equivalent scores. Now, these are the ones that teachers use a lot. And what this means, and, you, and you'll see them on here, it's your uh, NGE and your IGE. So we'll, we'll take a look at national grade equivalency. And what it is, it has to do with grade and month. Now, there's 10 months, and in, in I don't know what they're going to do if they get year-round schooling. But at the present time, there are 10 months in a school year. And so it just so happens that we have a decimal system that accommodates that very nicely. And so when you see 5.5, that means it's fifth grade plus five months. So where the student is right now would be, what, September, October, November, December, January. So this is where the student should be at, in January of their fifth grade year. And this is something that's been very much normed. You see what they did is they went out and they gave this test to all these different students and they identified which levels they're supposed to be at and using that is how they figured out what the kind of scores they should be getting. This is a very important number. And um, the key is that it's, it's, it's a snapshot. And you don't want to necessarily average them. And I must admit, I, I don't know why. I think it's because it's more of a numerical, uh, it, it's a counting number rather than a quantity, you know, an amount. Like if you had six glasses of water, and, one, and you could take all of that, and you could average it, and you could find out how much the average content in a glass of water was. But when you're talking here, I think it's a little less, little less scientific. Well, and if you if you, you try to predict where the student would be so and so down the road, that's the assumption that the kids gonna learn the same rate that they've learned all the way through there. Right. And and sometimes you, you can take you, you try to take everything and boil it down to some numbers, and it doesn't necessarily work. Because what that, that number shows is that the person, when they were norming the test, a fifth grader at the fifth month uh -huh. scored the same as you did. Exactly. So, so it's not even like if you were as smart as a fifth grader in fifth month. You know, it, it, it's like a separation from that conclusion. It's okay. Like if you look at this ITED one, 13 year, six month, that means the person who took that test, who <coughs> scored the same as you, was, you know, in. 13 so it's all relative right. to so you know and, and that's a good point that is that what we're doing is just like when we talked about the percentile it's the score on the test that they're going to be looking at and since you're not you're not dealing with a score here you're de dealing with an interpretation that's why you wouldn't want to want to add and subtract those um, and then we talk about standard scores and they're these are scores that are basically you want to be able to take numbers like this and you want to you, you want to compare them what they what they'll do is they'll take um, different tests and they'll try to show some kind of standardization between them yeah it's kind of an iffy process and but what they want to do is they want to show that there's some kind of connection between them the problem is that it doesn't always work and uh, it's, it's a matter of whether whether you're going to believe those, those statistics and then we talk about norm references scales and they're based on indicators of ability and what they're trying to do is estimate the average scores of students and these are ones where the, what they're trying to do I'm, I'm sorry they're all norm these are based on indicators of ability 
This is actually uh, a system where what they're trying to do is they're trying to predict how well the students are going to do in, uh, in, in the future based upon these tests. And they're going to be looking at grade level equivalents and norm curve equivalents and standard scores and things like that. And what they're going to do is they're actually trying to predict into the future. There was a heading here that I, I think I, I, I forgot. It had to do with, with prediction tests. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to see how well they're going to do in the future based upon what they see. And you know when you take like the SAT or the ACT or the GRE, they've got all these things that are dealing with sequences and analogies and memory and verbal reasoning and all that. Those are the things that they're using to try to predict how well this person is going to do in school. That's why you take those. Not to find out how smart you are, but also to find out how well they think that you're going to be doing in school based upon those. Yeah, I'll, I'll, there, there's been very little correlation between how well you do in school and your IQ. In fact, often a lot of people who have high IQ do very poorly in school because they don't want to mess with the garbage. But it, it could be something like that as well. I saw a statistic showing that the SAT and its predictability is somewhere around 17%. <laughs> they, they, they try and like range like what they consider successful, so they base it on 4, 3, 2 point on a 4 point scale right. in college based upon your freshman year. And they well, your freshman year, you shouldn't count. But that's what the SAT is designed to do, is show success in the freshman year. Not oh. overall for four years, it's designed for that freshman year. No, no, no. Yeah, that's what it's designed well, for. Well, maybe it's designed for... crap your freshman No, but I mean, that's no. what... Everybody, I mean... <laughs> but that's what it's... Oh, okay, now, let's have a show of hands. Who was on academic probation in their freshman year? <laughs> I, want, I want everybody to know this is three out of five people. Yes. Cal Callie, you didn't, huh? You, you probably had straight A's, right? No, but okay. They're still bad. Yeah, okay, well, yeah, but well, in their freshman, yeah, they, they should at least go to sophomore on that, but you're saying 17%, huh? Yeah, was okay. the, the predictability rate on the SAT. Okay. I would like to ask about the national percentile. 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 Oh, percentile. Yeah, I, 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 that's a, and that, that's a, I, I use that because that's an abbreviation that you'll see sometimes. The second one is about the, uh, Sequences, analogies, memory, verbal reasoning. Right. Like uh, in GRE test. Right. Some university ask GRE test, the score of GRE until last five years. Um, do you think that uh, during five years, if we take GRE test, the score it's gonna be changed or? Oh, so in, other, in other words, you could take the GRE ten, five years ago and they'll still take those those numbers? No, um, the score that we took like five- uh, Five years ago. Five years ago. Right. Is still valid for entering university right now, for example. So uh -huh. the question is, do they think that uh, during the five years we, we never change in. So you could get dumber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. What do you What do you all think? You I think five gotten, years? What? I've gotten dumber. You've gotten dumber. I've regret. Okay. Do you, what do you think? Do you think that five years is is okay? I don't know. I'd say two. That'd be my guess. What do you think? Sure. Sure. Okay. <laughs> She's right up there, man. Okay, um, 
So here we're talking about criterion reference. Remember before we were talking about standards reference. Now we're talking about criteria. Now we're talking about, now those are standard, now the term standards gets used a lot. When we talk about standards being, the standard being the norm referencing. And, and those were norm reference. These are ones where it's based upon setting up standards. Now we all use standards all the time. We've got the Renaissance standards, we've got the, I, um, the ISTE standards, we've got just lots of standards. You've got reading standards, science standards, all those sorts of things. And what this is trying to do is identify whether or not you have achieved what's supposed to be achieved at that level. I mean, this doesn't have, it isn't normed or anything like that. You're just supposed to have a certain level of proficiency in this, in the, like maybe it has to do with um, analyzing or, or finding the main idea in a paragraph uh, written at the third grade level. And the question is, and that, let's say that's a standard or, or a, uh, a part of a standard criteria. And then what it is, they go through and based upon your success in doing that, this is how they identify whether it's been done. And that's when you get this continuum in a curriculum where you're going step, 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 and then it's a matter of how well you've, you've achieved. When I taught fifth grade, with a, I mean, and this was, my gosh, this was 15 years ago. No, this was 25 years ago. Jeez, that was a long time ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, 10 years yeah. No, no, no. I, I just can't. I, can't. I didn't pass that standard, that criteria of being able to track in my head. 15, 16, 17 years, 15, 25. <laughs> well, I got to remember that because my 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 next um, my next uh, anniversary is the 25th anniversary. See, I got to remember that. So I got to. I can't blow that one. Okay. So anyway. Um, so what, what what we did is we gave the students tests and then we had a criteria and it was all based upon whether they knew the stuff and then we gave them additional work. I mean, this has been going on forever. But here, here's where you identify whether it's far below all the way up to advanced. And this may be standardized, it may be not. It may be normed, it may be not. I would bet that most, usually what you'll see is you'll see this test being standardized within a district. You might see it standardized on a state level, but you'll see it standardized within a district because districts are the ones that are worried about the standards. Teachers typically aren't unless the district tells them to be worried about those standards. Yes? Some states have criterion reference tests for their no child at five requirements. Right. Which okay. makes more sense because, you know, it's not constantly shifting. It shows a level of proficiency to, uh, you know, to a standard. Right. And it's a matter of can, can you meet these or not. And then we talk about diagnostic. You all know about diagnostic tests. I mean, these, these are the same as going to the doctor or something like that. But what they've done is they've identified what the needs are. I mean, this, these are used to identify learning needs, and they are standardized, and they are normed, and what's happened is that they've identified that if you go through this test, and there's certain responses, it isn't a matter of right or wrong, or, or certain responses you get on these, then they're going to say, geez, this person has a problem, and this is what it is. Now, when we're talking about, I, I was thinking more of the psychological tests. If you talk about diagnostic tests where you're trying to find out how, you know, what level does a student read at, or what, what kind of reading problems do they have, it could be, it, it is a right or wrong answer. It's not just how they answer. That's what an IQ test is. It's an IQ test? Diagnostic test. Because it gives you a... Yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess it would, yeah. This, that would, would, be that would more, this would be more like if you have a kid come in your district who doesn't have records. Right. Then you want to sit down and you want to find out where they're at. So we, we, have, a, we have basically a test for math, for reading, for science. Mm-hmm. 
especially then if you have a kid who, who isn't classified special ed, then you give them these kind of things so that you can determine where his weaknesses and strengths are. And, and, and the things that you're looking at, I mean, you may look at, at percentiles and stuff like that, but what you're really looking at is where are the, where are the problems? Like you said, the strengths and the weaknesses. So those are the kinds of scores you look at there. So that's kind of an overview of, um, of testing and numbers and things like that. What we'll do is we'll take a 10 minute break and then we will come back and we will work on figuring out what to do with the Henning Project. <laughs> Okay, so now we're back and we're going to be doing a little bit of discussion to find out about how we're going to approach the dun -dun 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 Henning Project. That was the right introduction there. Okay, so let's start off by loading mine up here quickly. I'm going to hit the lights over there. What happens? Uh, I'll do it. Okay, so I set up two tables. And I got to thinking, eh, maybe two tables was the way to go because I first started off with this big table. It's kind of clunky. It's big. And it's it's big. <laughs> so I labeled it accordingly and I called it big. So what I did was, in the interest of not having to retype in information, I started off with student info and actually did my own. With this uh, simple student ID, this is 8675309. I got problems. <laughs> First and last name. And I put a little pull down menu for male, female. Ethnicity, just throwing around just some ideas of what we had talked about. Caucasian, African American, Latino, Asian, Pacific Islander. And then a simple checkbox for free and reduced. So that's the, the student info. And then for the ITBS scores, what I did was, I thought about the things that will change either from session to session or year to year. And the things that are gonna change in order so that we can pull up um, based upon teachers, based upon grades, based upon years, this stuff shouldn't necessarily go with the student information, but with where the test result goes. So this student ID corresponds to obviously that student table that we saw. But then, pull down menu for grades, so I think I'm in third grade. My teacher, Ms. Mr. or Mrs. Smith, what year it was taken, and then the session, because schools have both a fall and a spring session in which they give ITBS. And then for each one of these, you know, just a simple numerical type in for this. So that you could have 8675309 like 10 times on there, and you could pull up each one of my um, individual performances from year to year. You click on your plus, what, what, how, how do you have a link? Based upon the student table. So you could see what's going on with me, whether I'm free and reduced, so on 
and so forth. Now, is that free and reduced going to be changeable? Is that a one-time entry thing, or is it a multiple entry thing? I mean, will that information be stored? I mean, I'm just thinking a kid could be free and reduced one year and then not be free and reduced next year. I don't know. Not to pick it apart, but yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So that would have to be year specific. So that's why I looked at it. What's staying the same? And what's changing? So, like, I think we had grade and teacher and year and all that stuff underneath, like student info. You're really smart too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I I dominate basically Sorry. on those scores. <laughs> but that's what uh, that's what I came up with. Any suggestions? Anything that you saw with yours that is different than this? No, it's almost exactly the same. I didn't. I didn't go as far with pull down menus. But yep. Yep. I, I fiddle with the form too. Are you fill with the form? Yeah. With the input, what that's going to look like. Yeah. Nice. But I don't know. I just still think that the the, um, the year thing is going to be kind of confusing. I mean, every single. So let's say they use it one year, okay, and they come down the next year. They're gonna have to snap be linked to a new table to store that information in every year. No, it'd be a matter of changing, uh, you know, like a query call, you know, a query qualifier. Okay, so I get eight six seven five three zero nine. Yeah, which is fun to say, but that's way. awesome. And then, okay, so I I put all this data in for my for third grade. Okay. Yeah. And let's say I keep this database until the next year. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna, how am I gonna get into that the new information? Or eight six seven five three zero nine. By starting, so a new record. We're yeah, gonna have two records for the same student. So this will be stuff that you're gonna have to repeat. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, so that would all be the same. And then this would be now two thousand five. Well, maybe there would actually be a couple in between there. Two thousand five fall results a year later. So that you could pull up all this information, how it varies for this one student between all these different years, while still keeping your student information throughout. That makes sense. Why some of that stuff's in there? How many years do you want to put on that? Two thousand and five, two thousand and six. Well, that's the I didn't put a any type of provisional value in there so that it could go for as long as one wanted to. I mean if you and so like we could set up a query based upon, you know, just some type of sort order ascending. How is the data entered? Yeah, I haven't got to the form yet. Or even okay. I mean it could be entered in this table just like this, where one goes through and you know, types in their classroom information, let's say. And which, then which, in our case, they import all that. That would already be set up for them. Yeah. Like this is set up. So, I mean, and you can see that the only stuff that's static is my name, gender, ethnicity, and my free and reduced, and all that other stuff. My years, my grade, the teachers, the sessions, and my scores are all going to vary. So that now we have that flexibility that we were talking about, being able to keep it for maybe if you took the free reduce and you moved it over into the other table because that could be something that would change 
But that's any other, well, other, other suggestions? Is it going to be flat database or re relational? Database? The way I have it right now is just a simple relationship between student ID and student ID. Uh, so that it's going to, there's a one to many relationship between the. Okay. So there's one student information ID and it corresponds to multiple student IDs because this table here is going to house all of them. So you'll be able to access my student information from there. But from a, from a logistical standpoint, mm -hmm. how is it that the school is going to enter the grades for 1,400 students? How are they going to enter the ITBS scores that they get from ITBS? Well, based upon, just based upon the things that we had talked about, is this what you're referring to? Well, what I'm asking, I mean, does that mean that they're going to have somebody sit down and type in for 1,400 students, let's say there's 20 of them, mm -hmm. they're going to type in 2,800, no, 280,000 uh, grades? It's not 280,000, I, I got a, a decimal point there. Yeah. But if you had, if you had, according to student number, <coughs> you could take that information, put it in Excel, put it according, sort it according to student number. So then, basically, your student number that on this table and, the, and each of the grades, each of these columns should be the same. You know what I'm saying? And then import that information. Does that mean students have to input data on internet? So how can you automate, automatize it so that the data would automatically end up in the student's records? You get data from ITBS for the year 2005. Okay. How do you automatize it so that the data automatically ends up in the student record? It's called secretary. No, secretary doesn't count. What if, well I'm not going to come up with an answer. I want you guys to think about that. Think of a way, because the problem is that there's too much manual labor here. Remember, you're, 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 you're dealing with a uh, uh, relational database, and so you've got this relational database thing going on. Uh, why don't you use the power of it? Is there any way you can get the information in here without having to type it in using a relational database schema? Excel? Well, well, let's assume. I mean, I, I don't know what format it's in, but let's all assume. All I've ever gotten is a hard copy like this. I know. Well, I'm sure that it, I mean it, it's soft someplace. Okay. Yeah. Let's assume, and I, I don't know the answer to this one, but for what we're going to say is, let us assume that yes, indeed, the ITBS company will indeed give you a soft co a, a, a electronic copy of your information, and they'll give it to you on an annual basis. So the question, and, and the question is, what are you going to do with it? Now the problem is that you've got great possibilities and error and things like that when somebody sits there and is counting away numbers all day long, right? Mm -hmm. So what is a way, if, if they give you this information, how can you get it into your records? Here, can I show you an example? Sure. Yeah. Maybe this this is maybe this would work, but but I don't know. 
I'm just asking questions. I'm not giving answers. Do we make another assumption? What this uh, this school has power grade or power school? Whatever you want to make. Okay. Because I think we know that it does. Okay. Well, no, because this teacher leader group doesn't just come from private life. This teacher leader oh, group from the medicine. It's kids focused on. Yeah, I mean, okay. is he going to want to take it to other places? I think he just wants to see it happen. Okay. Get out of your seat. So did you get this from Sherry? Yeah. This is the file. So like when I got ready to enter all my mini course names, I had my secretary, but we can probably do it on our own if we wanted to. She just put it in Excel and I imported all of it. Okay, so, so, so she, she used PowerSchool and put it into Excel. Exactly. Okay. And so when you look at and, and disregard my students' names, so I'm going to pull it up quick. Maybe this would work. So let's say we're doing eighth grade. So this is power school. This is what we keep track of all their stuff on. So we're going to look at Jessica and disregard her name because I can probably get in trouble for this. But here's our data. And basically they could take this data and put it in Excel. Okay. And then what we could do is we could import that data into Excel or into Access from that. So it basically set up all of our fields and all those things for us. See what I'm saying? So I don't even think we even have to, if, we, if somehow we could get the, get the people to get that information to them. You know, right, right now, all it's showing is me from last year. So as soon as we got eighth grade stuff, we could take and make a, a comparison between sixth, seventh, and eighth, according to individual. So you're doing it on a student by student basis? No, what I'm saying is, is that we could, we could get all the old data from sixth grade. We can get, take that new, that the, the old data from seventh grade. Eighth grade comes up, then we import all that data too. Now we've taken the step of entering all of it out of the picture. So all the two teachers have to do is sit down and basically do the analyzation part of it. And we had all of those things set up for them and had those different reports made and had the different things already set up. And then we could take those, make those comparisons between the 2080 and the. 40, 60. So how do you design a database that could optimize the use of all that data in electronic format? We'd have to be walking through the process of importing that info. Pardon? We'd have to have uh, some directions for them to sit down so they could learn how to import all that data. Okay. And then have basically give them a disk with their access program on there 
say we this is how you're going to import your data, assuming they're going to get this disk with that information on there, then have all the other things, the reports and all the other things set up previously for them with queries to identify these groups of students. Okay. And so you'd be able to click on those different queries or reports and produce that. Okay. But as far as the actual design of the data in the database, how can, I mean, you're, you're talking about having a separate record for each student and then having somebody type all that stuff in. Now, what, I want to bend your, your brain a little bit and I want you to think about is there some way that could work easier? That was a poorly worded sentence. Is there some way that this could happen more, more efficiently? And let's assume that you can get this data in a table form, access table form. Why would, okay, I'm, I'm missing the question here. Yeah, why why, why would okay. we have to recreate? I mean, why? What I, well, when I say this data, I mean the data being um, the testing data. Mm -hmm. Okay? So the, the, key, the question I'm asking is how do you take that data from an in, in access table form and how do you put that into your student database that you're going to be using? Make a relationship between the data and find some... So what would that look like? So basically we would... You guys might want to grab a pen or something like that and draw it up on the, on the whiteboard or something. See, I guess what I'm missing from this is how... I, I, I still don't, I can't get my hand around what you're saying. I think I know what you're saying. I, don't, I, think. I mean, it's a relationship thing. I mean, if you had all the demographics like your graph. Why, why don't you take that and drag it over here so we can hear it? Want to go over there with it? Or? Yeah, so, so the microphone will pick up, pick well, up your ideas. Be loud. Well, that way we can get everybody. That's a better place for it anyway. <laughs> makes sense. Doesn't it? Yeah, it makes sense. So, I mean, you, it's, I, just, I, it's just the way that you have it set up already. Okay. It's just building a relationship between the ID number of the test and the ID number of the student. Might work. Let's see. So if you had if you had your student table, see, now you like and then you have all your name, and then your student number. That's a really bad marker. And then all your other demographics. And then you had your test with a, uh, you know, an MP. You can use computer. NPR and all the different things. But all I have to do is find something that connects the student number from this one to the student number of that one. And this would be, um, you know, we got multiple grades over here. So it would be a one-to-many thing because a student will have multiple grades because they're taking year after year after year after year of tests, just like you had set up before. Yeah, I, I get that. I guess I guess I understand that part. I guess I'm, yeah. not, I, I'm not understanding the full depth of the problem. I didn't think we're setting up a school-based, school-wide, district-wide database. I we're setting up something for individual teachers to break down either by fifth grade or their individual classroom. 
You know, so we're not talking numbers of 28,000. But, but, but I'm still saying that let's, if I'm a teacher, yeah. and if you can make it so all I have to do is get a file from my secretary, mm -hmm. and that'll put in the data, I'll be much happier than okay. if I'm a teacher and you expect yeah. me to put in, what is there, 15, 15 scores for each of my 30 students? Or if I'm a high school teacher and it's each of my 180 students? Like I said, this is technology. Let's use the technology. So, I, like I said, I'm just asking questions to see if there's things you can do to see what make things to, a little simpler. What we need is to get from here. This I don't think, you know, this isn't a big concern. Yeah, we need to somehow get to the charts and the, the, the simple simple analysis, you know, reports. You know, how are we going to get that from, from a table that we don't have access to in order to base any type of relationship between a chart table but we don't have that middle part yet to work with. I don't understand what you mean. Like we don't have, if we go based upon this model here, we're assuming that that's, we don't have that, that NPR, that ITBS table to work from, to base any type of, you know, architecture for a chart but, but right. methodology. You know. But when you would enter, when you would import that we're information, it would automatically create its own table. It would create its own table, but in order for a table you know, in order for a chart to develop, you can't just make a chart for a table that doesn't exist. No, but the thing is, is that, I mean, we're just basically creating an outline form for teachers to put in that data, data from mm -hmm. And that's how this comes into where they don't have to sit here and like go through one by one. And that they can somehow get to where we can make it like a template where we can get to the point where a chart will come. But see, I don't but you think can't make it table. That doesn't work. Oh, that's okay. impossible. I mean, the chart needs something to to latch onto. So we couldn't use like a report wizard to make a report over a table that hasn't existed yet because we have to import it. Yeah, we can't. We don't have the, the architecture isn't there. The structure itself isn't there to support up an automatic table system, which is what. But I if you had it on, if you had a table set up, and the teachers could actually copy that information and paste it in off the existing one, that would be better than, because then the table would be there. We would be able to identify in that report what fields we want to include, what organization, but it, then the data wouldn't be in there yet. Yeah. It's like, like when I did the mini course thing, I made my, I made my table out, and then I opened up my access, I, you know, made sure that the table, that, the information I was copying from one was the same as the other. Yeah, see that's the one thing where I see a problem with this, I taking a thing from ITBS, for, from our project's perspective, is we don't know the fields that are identified on an Excel from ITBS. Or what they could, what they could produce for us. Well, can we ask Dr. Mason? We could. Um, like an example of what can come? I asked my principal, I said, do they ever give us, a, you know, are we able to get a, a Excel, uh, a soft, you know, computerized copy of the ITBS, and he goes, I don't even know. That's so stupid. They should I, be I sending them to every single school. I don't even I, I don't even know if that's possible. So maybe is our, if, if that's possible, possible then you know it's, it's stored somewhere, you know. But you know? if it's possible, should we not even worry about creating a database, but writing a set of instructions for how to sort an Excel based upon your class and how to create a chart based upon your class? I mean, if, why even go through all this access? Because this is a database class and this is the culminating activity. <laughs> but what I'm saying from the, from the client's perspective, though, I mean, why why are we making him or her jump through who? Quite, quite frankly, you could probably do all this stuff with, with PowerSchool. Yeah. 
I mean, all, all the capabilities are there. You could actually teach the, student, the teachers how to, how to drill down and do all that sort of stuff. I'm a, I don't know, know power school, school that much, but I, I, or that well. I, I sat through a, uh, an hour workshop on it once, but I'm guessing you could drill down. Yeah, but, yeah, but see, for the most part, the schools are, <laughs> that they're going to be coming from aren't going to be utilizing power school, so that's why I think that. But what I'm saying is that for this project, what we need to do is create a system where we've got a database, yeah. and that database includes tables or, or, or a system so that we can enter or look at data for the student. Mm -hmm. And you might have a form that could have all of the data that they need in it. You know, I mean, you could have a form, you could have a, a one, one form that would be all of their um, ITBS scores. All for the whole entire, for their 12 years. It's just some of it would be empty. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's... And if you have a standardization of the name of the, uh, of the file... I think... Uh, you have a four of the table. Oh, sorry. Sorry. The most important uh, that we should do is uh, knowing the whole items in ITBS itself. I mean that uh, by looking at the how, how ITBS look like, we can uh, consider about the table that, that we want to create. But I think a table was called for based upon it's right here. Yeah, what he wanted. So he wanted. Well, actually, he NGE, just wanted NGE, NPR. Well, he just wanted NGE and IP, IP, NPR, didn't he? Do you want IGE but too? It, if that. like this. It, it can be difficult for us to identify the number of the students, students' number. If, if the tests uh, look like... Well, right. Yes. And, and yes. I, I, think, I, I think what you're... What you think, think of what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. What you're doing is you're putting up roadblocks. Okay? Well, and, and what we can do, I mean, you take a look here, we know, we know what the record, what, what the specific scores are, right? Yes. Because he gave us this sheet. So we, and we know which ones have them and which ones don't and what we want to look at. And so th this will tell us what those fields are. And there's a lot of fields because it's 10 across and two or three down. So you're talking 20 or 30 fields per year, per student. And, but actually, you're, and you're just dealing with per student right now. This thing I, I was wondering about when you're talking about your forms is, yeah, we can get to that step. But again, your, your original question of the data entry though, is still right. hanging. We can create the most elegant forms, the most functional forms. Mm -hmm. But your original question of the data entry still looms. You know, it's still unanswered to a large degree. If you're talking about forms, you're conceding that we're going to be typing it in. You know, and there's a part of me that thinks that if a teacher really wants to get this information, if they're going to feel it's valuable, I don't think that I would have a huge problem sitting down and typing it in front of my 136 kids because it's only going to be two scores. It gives me time to look at those scores. It, it shows that information to me. I, I, I agree that some Okay, well, let, let me just change the rules then. I'm changing the rules, and the rules are the student, the, the teacher isn't going to enter them. Okay. That's the fine. rule is that the teacher, that the, the data will come from the office or from ITBS 
or wherever it comes from. It'll be an electronic format in the table. And then what you need to create is something that will access that table or that will accept that table and then access it. So I think we can get it. Rob's even done this. Can get we can access the table, but our you know task of creating charts based upon the table that doesn't exist, exist doesn't exist is you know. well. So what you do is you make a couple tables. You dummy it up, and as you know, I'll, I'll talk to him. Of, make a couple tables for twenty-five students, and you know you, you guys you, you can do it pretty quickly. And you use that data, and you use that to fool around with the charts, and fiddle that out. Yeah. I think you may run into a problem. I, I noticed that you had uh, on your, your um, fields that you've got one, one field for you know, Asian, what, what, Asian American and African American, one, one for each of those, right? Ethnicity. Under ethnicity? Yeah. Where, where's the big table that you had up there? Oh, sorry. Yeah, what were you working for? Oh, that big table that yeah. was working. <laughs> no, that he, was he, a. He did a big two. That was no, no, no. That wasn't one. I, I just downloaded the, the ITBS because I wanted to know whether or not the ITBS could produce an Excel for us. My question was whether or not they actually produce Excels. So I downloaded what they what they use. Not that I want them somebody else to do my homework for me. No, 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 no. I, I just I, I was looking at the way that was set up, and it looks to me like what you're going to need to do is uh, yeah, scroll over to where it gets into ethnicity. Because each of the okay, um, <laughs> what is all that? I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. So you downloaded this from ITBS? Yes. Okay. Well, when we get down here to ethnicity, keep going. Good golly. Okay, right there. It seems to me. Well, let's see. This is a this is like a yes or no thing. Well, that that's what it is. And it seems to me that you'd be able to do it where you could sort. Where under under ethnicity you could have one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. Each of those being a code for for a different ethnicity. And it seems that 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 would be a more efficient way to do it. Or is that something you have to work out? Well, so I had a little, like, the Andy's little Dropbox that came down. The Dropbox? Under ethnicity. I just put in a few because I didn't know the specifics, but then I can just go and click it. Okay. I had a lot. Mo mine was mostly just one big table, and it just had box drops for, um, yes, yeah. like, grade. Oh. I did, like, one through six, and then you go down and click through that. And then teacher, name. I mean, I, I, when I'm looking at this, I'm trying to think of level one, level one. I mean, I don't even know what they're trying to do here. But this is something you would be able to enter. It's just one big sheet. What we could do is just say, email, give us a, 
mail us your CD or email us the information. We'll put them into data tables for you for a small fee. There we go. And then Thanks we'll send them back to you, and then we will already have these things set up for you. There and, you and the tables will, you know, will set up queries and identify, you know, or, or show them how to do that. You know, I was just thinking, and the idea that I'm showing, that I'm talking about, uh, your, your idea with the different records per year would make a lot of sense if we're also worried about the demographics. You know, in other words, where, where was he living on, uh, in, in, his, in second grade versus where was he living in fourth grade? No, because that would just, you could alter that student table. So, so the demographic information would be quote unquote current. It wouldn't be retroactive. It wouldn't be a no, separate. No, I'm just saying that, I mean, your idea of having a separate record for each year for the student would be beneficial if you wanted to keep that data for the demographics over a longitudinal period. So, like, because there's two sessions of a, of a um, ITBS. Yeah, even if you're going to just keep it inside one classroom. Right. So does that mean that you'd have two multiple records for that? So instead of having to retype ethnicity, name, mm -hmm. you know, teacher, well, obviously. So but do you have to retype all that if we uh, So all that stuff from the student table you'd have to retype. Well, let's not worry about the demographics. Okay. About them changing over a period of time. What we do want to look at is he wanted he wanted to have a longitudinal study or be able to study longitudinal changes amongst kids over a three year period, right? Mm -hmm. So that's and, and that's why that's in there. So that you aggregate it based upon those different years and even further teacher even further grade so right I mean, that's why that um, okay that feels there. but like, like I said let's assume that the stuff is coming in we don't want the teacher to have to re-enter enter all that stuff I'm gonna go get you a couple um, pens because that one's pretty shot so you guys can discuss this okay. but by the time this is this evening is over which is in about 25 minutes what we need to have is you need to have a plan and you need to have assignments to each other as to who's going to be doing what. We also have to have assignments for Kathy and Sandra so that they have something to do as well. Now you may work in pairs or however you want to do it, but we need to make sure that there's, there's something that is created by next week so you can start putting that together, okay? And you want to do whatever you have to do. I'll go get you some more materials. And speak loud. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, we'll make it an end. <coughs> Anyway, we could. We're assuming that we're going to get it in Excel. We could take this information. Do, do they use Excel for that? Uh, I guess so. I, mean, I don't. Guess I, I, I don't think U of I would actually use Excel for it, but I think they can export it to schools in Excel. Yeah. 
because when they when they take the ITBS, they're they're entering all this demographics and crap anyway. They're entering their student number. They're entering their ethnicity. You know, what we would really be beneficial would be to get a copy of a student of ITBS form. Those would be our demographics, whatever they identify. And then if we could just somehow make it so that when the Excel comes in, all we're looking at is our student number and the th things that he wants us to he wants us to do. Have a table already made up for him, so when we import them, the, the names of the table, the field names of, of the Excel and the field names of our table are the same, so that it all falls in line with each other. And that might work. I mean, that would work. Because then, then we we could make we can make the queries according to sort these tables, even though they don't have data in them. Well, sort these tables according to ethnicity, whatever. When you did yours, when you imported from Excel, did the fields from Excel come over to Access? Yeah. See, that's the problem. But I don't... So if we create this, you know... But we can probably... Let me see. Let me, let me start... Let me go from the very beginning, and we'll, we'll do that importing thing and see what it does. Yeah, so create a... Or use one of the tables already. Yeah. Okay. See if you import on top of a. Here, do this. You import over an existing table. Will the world end if you do that? No. Let's take. Let's put my data on here and import it into your um, access. See what I'm saying? So we're, well, basically this, basically this ex Excel basically is all I have on here is your grade, name, male or gender. You can get rid of this room number because we don't care about that. Really. But see, these are the types of things, these are the steps that we're going to have to either take into consideration so or like wholly remove. That's my question. It's like every year when I get new things from ITBS and if we're like selecting room and want to look at this to put it into our table, how are, like, we have to like write up instructions for teachers to Every year, it's going to be a new set of all this big bunch of data. Yeah, but but you think about it, their student numbers should be the same. Yeah. So I mean, if, if yeah. somehow we could take that new data from the next year and enter it using the same parameters as the student number. I mean, it's like when I got ready to roll in for graduate school. Man, I was still my student number I hadn't used for 15 years, but it's the same student number. So when I pull up stuff according to my student number, which is everything, it still brings up my mom and dad's address from 15 years ago. Even though, even though all my other stuff that I've taken is updated. So that's the problem. I mean, I think we all know how to do this, but it's just getting someone else to know how to do it. That's what I'm saying. Because, yeah. well, what I'm thinking, okay, like what you guys are talking about is if we have some sort of Excel spreadsheet from the ITB Right? If we get it from them, yeah. Like it'd be similar to this thing. Yeah, whatever we but whatever we were playing with earlier, you know. It'd be electronic, mm -hmm. right? But are we trying to make it so we're only concentrating on the two things for each student? So we'd have to somehow select Those two that. Things too. But what I'm saying is, if we do it, you know, we can do that no problem. Just to have an example, but we're gonna have to teach numbers. Teacher. MPR. 
Imagine this is, this is our data, even though it's going to have a lot more crap in there than we want. Could, I mean, if they got this, could you think that a teacher or a secretary or somebody could go through and delete all the data that they would not need except for this? See, my secretary probably could. Yeah, but I think we're talking about trying to get as much of a hands-off situation as possible. Which, if it was possible, I think someone would have thought of it. I, see, that's the thing is, I'm like, there's going to have to be something. I mean, I don't know how it's... Anyway, the good point. The yeah. power store, all these things already do this. What we're looking for is just like a little user-friendly something that's just going to sit on a teacher's, you know, desktop that they're going to use, you know, a couple times a year. Can we don't need to get into these big, grand, elaborate things. Because we're dealing no, with just... No, but how do, you, how, do you, how do you teach them how to select just a few to input it? Have you tried importing that in? Yeah, Robin, yeah, no. just mine. Yeah, just give me your, give me yours. It's, I think it's just sitting on the desktop there. Right here? Under Henning Project. Underneath Recycle Bin. Right there. I think. In a full. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to open yours up. And let's do student info. Let's see if we can import it in there. Okay. Edit. Import. Oh, you just want sheet one. You don't want sheet two or three. Because those are the other yeah, sheets. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just sheet one. I'd have to select all of them. Yeah. Okay, so what we'd have to do is we'd have to make the table whatever corresponds with whatever information they would give us. So we'd have to basically name, change this to the table to match this information. So how do we create a table if we don't know what data they provide us? And why do we, and ITBS is going to give us. First row contains columns, headings. You have to save any flash drive. Yeah, like that. So, in a new table. We want to do an existing table. Student info table. Let's import because our headings are not the same. See, this way, if we get it from ITBS, what it's going to come in as. Then you can make tables that are corresponding to that. But if we get it from ITBS, isn't it going to be from 
Well, okay, we'll hear about this. What yeah, about this? What if we make so it much want, information? You know, how, like how are you going to narrow it down? But but see, the thing is, is that they're only going to be viewing this. They're not going to be viewing it in a table. They're going to only be reviewing it in a report. We set up a report in an isolated toilet just to look at this these ver these fields. So we don't have a table for that to do it. Though. But if we set up a table that, that was that was basically a mirror image without the data of whatever ITBS sent us, they could send us a buttload of info. We don't even we won't allow them to look at it. We just say we're going to set the reports here. I'm going to look at these these fields. See what I'm saying? See what happens. We got this huge monster table, and all we'd have to do is set up reports. We set up a certain number of queries for whatever he wants to look at. Set up all these different reports. Change the heading. Change my table to match the exact. This label. one? Yeah. So, so put it <coughs> in the design view and like have it match the exact labels of yours, your Excel. Let's just see if it's even possible. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? Take off the the checkbox. Yeah, take all that yes. stuff off. And just enter that information. Can I delete this? Yeah. Oh, you might yeah, have. I got. I got turned those. Look up. Eventually, we'll want the student number to be primary key. Sure. We probably want, and we don't want to mess it around. Probably we can do that. I sometimes uh, do import, but uh, not not from Excel.
supports tape layouts, right? Display table. Their sheet one import error. That is a sheet that's creating with all the information that came in that wasn't imported. Hey, look at that. Now what the heck? That's all. Now let's remember. It works. Yeah, but now it's it's sorted on the software. What did it do? It was recent. Oh, did it sort it by the primary key, which is name? Possible, they just can't be afraid of error messages. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would go over real well. <laughs> I think your computer's about to explode. Okay, yeah, just keep going. Okay, and then we could have. <clears throat> now, let's see. Can we. Let's not save this. Can we do that? Not save this, this import that we did? Or let's just create a whole new table. Okay, close this. With, yeah. With those same creating those same headings as in the Excel. I was trying to create a chart off of a blank table. You know what I'm saying? Off of a blank table? Yeah, well, that's what we're table. Yeah. Well off of a table because you know, all we're gonna have are headings when Yeah. So we want to create so if it it's if it's table by entering data from zero no, 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 import and get results. Okay, so you just want me to basically create a table that's just like you did with the yeah, just like that. Did you guys do section uh, H, lesson H, or unit H in here? Yeah, so let's do it for today. Great. I, I, I think I, I, I'm going to let you extend that a week because. You think that that. that I, think I, I think I downplayed it last week. <laughs> I didn't do it. Did, did you do it? I got through like half of it. The first part, like going through the sections, it didn't work. Like half of the stuff it says in the book that was supposed to come up never came up. And then I was confused as to where I was supposed to go for that. Okay. <laughs> so I have like my skills and the <coughs> that Okay. Okay. Now can can we Well the nice thing is it has stuff about it importing data. Can we just see what I know, I looked at that. And that's yeah, what I kept thinking Just, it's just, just the dorky thing that's all has to be that, yeah. right there. Okay. So no, now let's those pull up menus there. Yeah. We can well, let's see what happens. Now, what are we going to do? Import all that information? We import it and see if it'll fill into this form. Okay, so we want to import it into this data right Yeah, here. but remember, you have to have the table closed. <laughs> 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 I don't guess if I have the form closed, yeah, okay. it'll just explode. <laughs> So we got a blank table, we got a blank form, we're going to input with all the fields the same into the Crash and burn Maverick, do it. Yes. You, yes, yes. Okay. So let's get rid of that before we get confused with it. Okay, so. Okay, now let's open our form up, right? Yep. Whatever. Oh. 
Look at there, all their names are in there. That's kind of solid. That's Roger that. That's pretty cool. That's what we could. So, if we make so, it, if we make, sorry Kelly. No, sorry. I was just trying to, go ahead. So, so we make a form, or a table, that is identical to whatever information 100% is 100% identical. Every heading, everything has to be exactly the same. They import that information into that table that's already set up for them, but also has all the queries, all the reports that he wants to analyze. All they have to do is import that information, and we're going to make the queries and reports only looking at the, G, the things that he wants to look at. So we're going to have to set up a query for each grade. grade. And we don't know teachers, so we can't even do that. So we're going to have to we're going to have to make some. There's some give and take here. We can't, you know, set up for imaginary teachers, and we don't want them in there setting up their own queries. So we're just going to have to do it by grade because we know grades. We can do three, four, five. And there's all 379 of them. 360. Do that. Okay, you guys have about 10 minutes. So, what are, what are the questions we still need to I answer? I think we should make the people out in Never Neverland just do everything. <laughs> Say that real loud. <laughs> um, we need a little research, it sounds like. We need to figure out what, what form does ITBS come in Excel? And does, first of all, does, do, does they, do, do they send it out to the spreadsheet? Second, if they do, what are their field headings? Third, is it based upon teacher? How far do they disaggregate out the Excel? <laughs> Students Excel and ITBS. <laughs> <coughs> CD file in Excel. The student data record layout on CD. There's the layout right there. <coughs> what the heck? The French. Deleted What? <laughs> I looked at this earlier before we had all this wonderful thought, but I guess we're learning something here, so that's probably important. I didn't make any point. No, is that that stupid standard? <coughs> now, here, here, look at this. Well, those are the columns. These are the columns. This is these are all the columns that we, we were looking at before on that other doohickey thing I downloaded. Oh, that's see what, see what I'm saying? So when they send us the information, we take it and it will look like hold on a second. Oh, I say that, that huge one that we had open before. Oh no, so we're gonna see what I'm saying? Yeah. So we'll get all that information. But again, if teachers aren't going to look at it, we don't care how much information they put in there. We just set our queries and our forms up for the specific information they want. 
can set up those field uh, field headings on a table. We we'll just copy and paste them off that Excel into a what table. What were there? Two hundred and so. Two hundred and so. They were nasty. That's that's a fun copy and paste job. Yeah. That's the definition of carpal tunnel. <laughs> no, no. Well, it's import repetitive stress syndrome. Or no, can we can can. Yeah. Now don't get too clever. What's that? Okay, you need to figure out what the, the jobs are of people. Just research, you know, has to be with construction and, you know, getting the hard hats on and getting your hands dirty. What's our, what's our, what, what are the things that we have to... So far, we have... Think, Kelly? Well, the questions that Andrew's saying that we need to find out, which... Okay, so we think... Is it this is what we think, is this is the table we're going to get. So they get them. Somehow we have to take this entire thing and make sure. a table. See, that doesn't make any sense, though. <laughs> it's it doesn't. It doesn't. But <laughs> ADM and E, what is it? Like, I've seen but some see, of these. But see, then, then this thing, this thing right here, tells us all we'll ever want to know about those fields. Then does it actually separate the ethnicity? Yeah. Like, like, see, like on the column 20 through 70. Or here, let's do the ethnicity. Here we go. Holy monkey. Uh, ethnicity. Multi count. Okay. Wow. I'm gonna get a job in the Department of Ed in Iowa, the ITBS company. <laughs> we can figure all this, all this stuff out. Yeah. Look at here. Look at here. Uh, fields 188 through 195 are dealing with these talented and gifted and other things. So 185. So they have a separate field for each selection. Yep. Yeah. For every bubble they put on that demographic page, they have a separate field for it. For every field. And in order for us to input it so that we can select it and make a report, we have to put everything in Now that's assuming, though, I mean, that's this, is, this is something that's on a website. What is something that Joe Blow High School actually is getting? if they send it to us, then can we go through and delete what we don't want? See, I, I, that's a step that we don't think that, that anybody who's a normal classroom teacher is going to be able to do. No. Oh, that's true. That's right. Or even somebody But if we, if we label the table, do not open, <laughs> then they won't open it. They don't know that they have that much data in there. Tell you what, what, what do you say that we assume that, I mean, like I said, it doesn't make sense, but uh, what do you say we assume that it automatically, that we let Apple take care of the problem? That they, the reason they've got these specifics out here, these specs out here, so the companies like Apple and, and TRS and all those guys who are putting these together, can, they know where the specs are. And they're the ones that get paid, paid big for that. Now, would you like to make it so that you can actually have your, your secretary at the office download um, onto, into a file the data that you need? They're going to say, can you ask them specifically these are the ones that well, what I'm saying yeah. is, I mean, is you, you, you use the secretary like Rob did. Yeah, like, for example, when I asked her, I said, I said, hey, Donna, could you make me an Excel spreadsheet that included, one second, included the following fields? And I said, all I need is their name, their grade, their homeroom, their <coughs> gender, and their student number. And so uh, we, uh, can we make the assumption that if we asked the secretary to give us the things, the fields that we want, they should be able to give that to us? Because... The Wait. school that we're doing this for, you know, I, there are other ones as well, but they have PowerSchool. Yeah. 
therefore, that this could be information that's merely taken off their hard drive, out of their database, and put into a format that we can then import into, into our project. Right? And, and I probably could have said to her, could you also include in that thing, could you also include their, their, their math score, this score? And when, I mean, like when you look at this one, and sorry, I gotta type it all in again, but uh, I mean, when you look at this one, they can sort that according to whatever they want. I mean, PowerSchool is a big relational database. I mean, that's, that's all it is. So she could have found, I mean, here, I mean, they even use the same terminology. I mean, you print up something in, in PowerSchool, it's called a report. I mean, if you want to make a query, it's called a query. I mean, so when we take a look at um, Marlon, I won't make any comments about my students. Let's see. I think that when they look at his test scores, even though they don't, they don't have, well, number and percentage, that's what he wants. Math, 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 reading. Boy, he really took a dive on that one. It looks like some of the data isn't put in, like percent, we don't know if that's percentage or percentile. Yeah, and I don't, I, I think that he, he is unique. I think that they put it in for other people. Oh, I didn't see it, the other person didn't, didn't have it either. Yeah. But I think that, that that's not a lack of power school. I think that if, if Price Lab has that, I think that we could probably get that in Excel. You mean that other school? That other school out there in La La Land. The United States. Because, I mean, basically they would, they would take, they give that teacher, they would give that CD, and basically we have to get them from giving that CD to you or emailing that attachment to you entering that data into the to access and mm -hmm. clicking on the different things that we'd have preset for them. We say get from that step to the next step. I don't, I, know that's, I don't think that'd be too hard or anything. I mean the thing is is that are we assuming that these people want no no access. They don't have no knowledge of access. Yeah, but we, let's, let's assume we can train them. Let's well, assume they're training. Well, we can put in those little tips. I think we're that, talking yeah. about we're going to have to have. Well, I figured out how you can do a dynamic web pages if you keep it on just a computer. It's not all that yeah. difficult. So that we that they would just be working through a browser for the most part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, like this. I think you can only open up and explore. Oh, that's right. I'm still open, don't I? past this if it's all stored on one thing. Yeah, I mean there's a form that I put up and that would be an online form. And then we would have an, a, a dynamic report that would come up too. Mm -hmm. But you can do this without all that middleman SQL server stuff and keep it stored on. 
I mean, because they have to use a PC anyway. Why not make it a specific PC that they have a lab and then... Why would they have to use a PC? You mean instead of a Mac? Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, if it's online, they don't. Oh, see, we're not going to make it on, on okay. line, line. online. Online, it's going to be... You're going to be not even internet. It's intra-computer. Yeah, so the, the web would be that. Okay. So maybe that'd be, you know, I'll look into that more. I mean, there's a task. Why don't you make a list of these tests? Yeah, we're in it. And make sure you can pass out the pass out the jobs. Who we got web interface. ITBS. Hey, you know me, you want me to trash your expanded database? Three. It's on the desktop right here. You want to throw that in the trash? What are we looking for with ITBS information? What, yeah, ITBS. Exactly. Maybe we got that. You also said how far out do they yeah, so, so a question would be, is it uh, for whole stool? Because these are the types of things we're going to need to know in order to set up queries mm -hmm. for it to work. But then if, if we look at it like with power school, we don't even need to know some of the fields. Yeah. You can but simply identify what fields you want. Somebody should probably have to talk to Henning. Yeah, who's going to talk to him? Dr. Henning? I can email him and talk about power schools. That's a little strange. Okay. Um, I mean, basically, so the question would be: Is can can we produce an Excel Excel program from Power School that includes the information that you need? I think what I do is verif verify with them the fields you want you want to include. Okay. So, and then assume, assume the Power School can create that. Well, let's, 
Let's have someone set up a table. Let's assume that these list of uh, fields that we have here are going to be our fields. Okay. And then, and then if, if we wanted to delegate one job would be to set up, yeah, set up a form. Yeah, set up a table. Or sorry, set up a table with those fields in it. And I don't think, if we're going to do this from PowerSchool, they're going to give us all on one Excel. I don't think we need two tables. You guys think about that? I mean. The car wreck right from there. What is that? What is it? I, I don't know. It looked yeah. like my B ate my B. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while since I've stand up and ride on a board. I don't know. Um, Do you think we need more than one table if it's all going to be? If we're just going to upload it into. No, because then. For simplicity's sake. Yeah. Well, no, we could have. No, we could have. Because if we do power school, we can have like, the secretary set up one table with all the demographics. And yeah, so it'd be one table. So what were the demographics that he keyed on? Ethnicity, SDS, gender, uh, height, weight, uh, eye color. Name, student ID, year, uh, date, ethnicity, SES, gender, grade, teacher. Uh, the other one thing is, is how we can get the information. Well, see, we're not getting the information. We're, 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 being, we're getting it from. Uh, yeah, but what I'm saying is, are they going to be able to produce some power schools that any of the teacher they had for that class? Because now we're linking tables inside of power schools and combining their schedule to cross check their score. <laughs> That's your job. Yeah. You're, That's ta my, you're you. table boy. You know power school. You're table boy. I don't know power school. I use it once in a while. You're, I don't understand what you're saying. You're table boy. So you're <laughs> table. Okay, write that down. That's it. Table boy. I don't know. Should we be correctly. honest with you? Before, can we, can we, can we leave here and then delegate this in the discussion toolbar, but let's say by next Monday, and what I could do tomorrow is I can, during my prep period, I can sit down with my secretary and say, hey, what can PowerSchool do, and could you produce these things for me? Well, there are a couple things that you need. I mean, you want to find out about the fields, make sure those are all right, right? So you need somebody to interact with, with um, uh, Henning, and then bring that data. The thing is that this stuff needs to get done. Yeah. And, I, and the thing is, it needs, we need to figure out a way in which the work will be equally distributed. I mean, we have Table Boy over there, <laughs> and he's doing all the work, and that's not equal distribution. And the things, you, the things that you're going to need is, well, we talked about the deliverables. Yeah, we need to make a table. Some of those deliverables are, are the directions. Some of the deliverables are forms, how the interface that you're going to have. You might want to have some people design interface. Uh, some of it is going to be reports and how that's going to be. But it's, like I said, it's real important that you identify who's going to be providing what. Yeah, so like designs for reports, because unless with that table, we can't even start building. I know, that was my thing. So we're we're maybe like a layout, though, for reports, and a layout for, like, what is it going to visually look like? Why don't you uh, this? How about you take your tables that you have and email it to, or put it, you know, email it to Kelly and Yami, and then they can work on from that table. We'll assume mm -hmm. that that table is correct. We can always back, go back through and add fields, but they will have already have the outline of what those those table or those forms are going to look like. Okay. 
Now, let's talk schedule for a moment. So you're going to have this all done by next week, right? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> so, um... Then we're going to be going down to the 21st. Uh, exactly. So what I want to do is talk schedule. I'm proposing we take develop DB and put it down here on the 8th. What do you think? Yeah. So you guys will have this product done by the 8th. This is the week that we're going to be going down to Cedar Rapids. And next week, uh, we won't have this due. In fact, it looks like you just, what I want you to do is read Chapter 6, so we can do some more discussion on Chapter 6. I'll make it quick. I just want to make sure we talk a little bit. I just want to finish that chapter. And, um, and then you'll do some more, you, you want to really get, you know, get ready to roll up the sleeves and, and get, the, get some serious work done because you'll talk so much on the discussion group. I just submitted a um, Dr. Henning's uh, name into the WebCT people to add him to our discussion group, and I'll be contacting him tomorrow to tell him that they, they'd like to have communication with him that way. And what do you think? Do you think that's going to work? So we'll, we'll, we'll make it the 8th? Yeah, and then if we could bluff us next Thursday. I'm just what do, you, what do you guys want to bring to the table for next Thursday, though? Okay. If I, if I could figure out what Power School can do for us. That's a good start. That would be something I could do. And maybe you could email that information to... I'll just put it on the discussion oh, bar. I'll just leave it Yeah, put it on the discussion to like, so that Yaomi, you build the table based upon Rob's information. Mm -hmm. And of course that, the, the requirements. Yeah. And then if, if one of us wanted to, to basically asked Dr. Henny on the discussion thing, you know, get the, the final specs of what he wants, field names and stuff, then they could communicate that to Yami so that he can put together the table together. And then if you wanted to email, I'm sorry, I'm taking over here. No, no, go ahead. I'm just saying. If you wanted to email no me your, ta your, your table to, to her so, she, so maybe you could work out maybe one or two examples of a three or four. I think uh, and this table probably can be sent to the discussion yeah. room. I can attach so that it just as a process. Everybody can see it. And then including Kathy and yeah, Sandra. Sandra. So yeah, I'll I'll look at web interface, see if it'll work. I'll just use some example from the, the chapter materials. Just see if we can make a dynamic chart. That's the thing I'm concerned with, is making not just the input dynamic, but also the export, which is going to be your charts and your, yeah. you know, those. That's what I'm concerned about. Because then if we came if we came next week with, with some of those things done, we could do what we do, what we're doing today, you know, basically sit down and put it all together. And then hopefully then, then over that next time, maybe we could all work on sharing back and forth those charts and reports so that we can get them pretty much done before that. Yeah, then we'd have like specific tasks. Yeah, I can do. You, you create would a make chart. It. Yeah. You'd. Okay, and then what I would suggest doing is contact uh, Sandy and Kathy and, and discuss with them how they're going to contribute. Make sure that they get involved in the process. And Kathy and Sandy know that we're going to put this discussion out. Yeah, I told them. Uh, I just talked to Kathy yesterday. But I mean, the thing is, it's on WebCT. They're responsible for looking at WebCT 
and, re and reading the things that are happening there. So you can you can just email them directly. County specialty is queries, some semblance of queries. Well, yeah, maybe it's queries because the whole thing that is, is the user friendliness is going to come for them to click on I a query. I get it now. This is <laughs> the first few times I did it. You know what I'm saying? Now. Okay, so I'm doing queries. We said we're going to do queries for each grade. Okay. Or once you do, once you once you see what kind of queries you come up with. I mean, obviously, one query is going to be for students who are. Uh, the low between the 40th and 80th percentile. Once you yeah. figure that one out, I mean, we what about pivot tables? Can you incorporate pivot tables into this? Yummy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no idea. No, but I mean, it, it, it was in one of your chapters. Yeah, it was. I, yeah. I'm sending email to Patty and Okay. Now. Okay. Are you doing that right now? Yes. Okay. But but take a look at the pivot tables because the pivot tables might be your answer. Yeah. But are we going to be able to import them? Pivot tables and the main off the data variant. Yeah. So and then that's built into access. Yeah, but if there's no data for us to, can you just set up an empty pivot table like a, like you can an empty form like we just did? Why don't Why don't Kelly? Would you be able to just enter like five made up students and make a pivot table? See, that's the thing though. It can't be five made up students, it has to be zero, because when we're handing this over, we're, no. we're, we're we can't well, work with any, we can't have any examples mm -hmm. in our tables, in our reports, until we do a dry run with that. Well, you know, you could request that Henning would ask the school for a file coming from their power school, and you could use that for, I mean, you've got the data right here that's on paper, he's got to be able to get electronically as well. And you simply ask them to provide that data for you, because uh, Aaron, Aaron Spur is the power school guru down there, and he he would be able to help you. But I don't know if that'd be something we would want to request. That'd be something that like, you'd have to request. Well, I could. I mean, you tell me what you need. I think if, I think if, if if they could if, if they could give us an Excel <coughs> with those things on it. Okay. And maybe maybe even I mean we don't have names on this. So do we want to include names? I mean obviously the privacy issue there is probably Well we could set it up as a possible field so that when they're dealing with it. Yeah we can enter some derogatory name or whatever, you know, just a number or something. Or yeah, what you could do is you could go through and you could start out and it could be um, you could take names but you could replace them with, with digits. Yeah. Yeah. It could be John Doe 1, John Doe 2, John Doe, Jane Doe, Jane Doe, Jane Doe, or Jane Doe, Ray Me. You know, but I, I don't think the pivot 
if, if we're looking at it just we're going to import all of our information kind of like the big bang type of a thing and then all this is going to happen it's not going to work at the tables unless someone can figure unless, out unless set up a structure for a pivot table without having any data there because it won't overwrite if you import something will it what about putting data in there and taking it out that's what I'm will it overwrite the stuff that's already in a table or will it keep no. You know, that you can put in, blank. if you put in a Jane Doe, you know, as your placeholder. We, just, we can make, when we get ready to, we get ready to give this to them finally. Then we can do all that stuff we already just used in. And we can do pivot table. Our pivot table would just be nothing because it would be blank records. wouldn't have any data to put in the analytics. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm going to be, you know. Isn't this fun? I want to learn more about power school anyway, really. Well, ladies and gentlemen. This is great. You've done a great job. You even worked until after 9 o'clock. This, this means you're involved. That's what learning's all about. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, so next week, you'll come in and you'll have a whole bunch of good ideas and plans as to how you're going to put this together. And I'm going to request that, well, two things are going to happen. Number one is I'm going to request that Sandra and Kathy uh, Skype with us. And number two is I'm going to bring the amazing Mr. March is Sonny in here, and we're going to see what we can do about feedback. See if we can find out a way. So poor Callie does it over there going, ah! That'd be excellent. That's <laughs> what happens when you sit right under the speaker. That'd be excellent. That'd be excellent. We'll see what we can do with these sorts of things, okay? So we're extending age till when? Pardon? We're extending age till when? Next week. H till next week. Till next week. Okay, I is, is, that, is that okay with you? I mean, if you want to give it to me now, you can. No, I forgot to turn off the, the answers. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even know it was Jupiter. Well, you gotta read that. You gotta read it. It's right there. Well, see, I asked. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. You said nothing. You yeah, but you asked me two hours before class. <laughs> Whatever. You're supposed to work on this long before that. Whatever. Yeah, that's okay. Just hang, a hang on. We got. We're gonna put a stop to this. Thank you very much. I hope you've all enjoyed this class.